Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 16. I want to talk to you about enough for today. Have any of you ever had enough? There's some times where maybe as a mom and dad, you've said, that's enough. Or maybe you've said to your spouse, all right, that's enough. We're done. I'm not talking about that anymore. Or maybe we're going to look at it in another way today. But in Exodus chapter 16, we have a historical account of God leading the children of Israel out of 400 years of Egyptian bondage. Under the leadership of Moses, they are headed towards the promised land. Let me say this to you. Something about bondage. Bondage doesn't always start with horrible oppression and abuse. Oftentimes when we think of bondage, people think of them being captured or this horrible oppression or abuse or being carried off. It doesn't usually start that way. It doesn't start with a master's whip beating you and forcing you to work harder, to produce more with less. It doesn't start with someone pushing you around or taking your son and forcing him to work hard or taking your daughter from you. It starts when you get comfortable in a place that should be foreign to you. Let me say it to you one more time. Bondage starts when you get comfortable in a place that should be foreign to you. When you begin to feel at home in a place that you don't belong. I believe that there's times that God gives us a word from the Lord. It's prophetic and it's directed towards specific individuals who God knows will be inside of this building today. And there's some people, maybe you've gotten comfortable in a place that should be foreign to you. And God has not changed his standard or his requirements for you, nor has he changed his mind. And I just think that as we say that today, it's going to grasp your heart or grasp your spirit that I shouldn't be comfortable in a place that should be foreign. I should not grow accustomed to being in a place that I don't belong or a circumstance that I don't belong. Well, according to our text, it was the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So it's 45 days from the Passover. The Israelites had seen the plagues, the miracles that took place. They had experienced protection from the death angel. And while all along they heard their neighbors, they woke up that morning and heard their neighbors screaming and sobbing as the death angel had carried off or destroyed their firstborn. When the Israelites left Egypt, they carried with them the wealth of Egypt. They had seen God open up the Red Sea and they walked through on dry ground. Then before their very eyes, the sea closed up and God destroyed their enemies. But now the whole assembly begins to complain and grumble and groan against Moses and Aaron. And they said, if only, have any of you ever said that? If only you would, if only, well, they said, if only we had died in Egypt, we had all we wanted to eat there, but you brought us out here in this desert for us to starve. And we're going to pick up on verse four of Exodus chapter 16. And then the Lord said to Moses, he said, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. 
So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it's the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Now, just before we get started, one of the things from leadership perspective, the people were grumbling against Moses and Aaron, and Moses addresses it to him. He just says, you're not grumbling against me. You're not complaining about me and Aaron. Your real complaint is against the Lord because the Lord has set me in this place of leadership over you. The Lord has directed me. I'm following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And I'm listening to the voice of God. So your grumbling is not against me. It's against the Lord. The chapter said this, that God heard their grumbling and he determined that he was going to meet their need, but there was a catch. God's instruction to them was to gather only enough for that day. I want you to hear that again. God's instruction for them was to gather only enough for that day. Now, there are times and seasons where God tells us to store up for the future. Through a dream, God warned Joseph of the coming famine, and he prepared for years, amassed great stores of food, And he was honored for that. Proverbs tells us about the wisdom of the ant, that although it has no leader, it gathers meat during the summer and it's food at harvest time. Okay? But this time, God told them to take only enough for today. They were to travel light. There are seasons of life when God gives us only enough for today. I want you to get that in your heart. It's not all the time. It doesn't mean that we don't prepare for the future. It doesn't mean that there's not wisdom in looking ahead. But there are seasons in life when God says, I'm only going to give you enough for today. Don't try to take care of tomorrow. Don't try to take care of next week. I want you to go and I want you to take care of today. That's all I'm going to give you for. It doesn't work if you try to plan for the future. I'm going to give you enough for today. Those are times when we feel very vulnerable and uncertain. I like living in a season when God says to me, this is the goal that I've set for you. This is the thing I've called you to do. This is what I'm asking of you. I'm going to lay out the plan for you. Here are your steps to get there. And by the way, I'm going to bless you and bless you. And you're going to have an abundance. And you're taken care of. Please don't think that we're talking about merely physical things. There's times in which we need God's wisdom. And we can see that God has laid out a plan of wisdom for us. Or we need God's encouragement. And we can just see that he's placed circumstances and situations and people and victories along the way that encourages us. But there are times in which God gives us only enough for today. In those times, whenever we can see where God's leading us and we can see the plan and we can see it falling into place, often our confidence is boosted. Often our faith is, maybe, I don't know if our faith is that high, but we feel good. 
okay? We're feeling good when we know what God has said, when we're moving in that direction and we have that understanding. You see, whenever we don't have that, as I said, we feel very vulnerable and uncertain because here's the reason why we feel vulnerable and uncertain. Because we have learned to trust in our plan. Well, God gave me a plan. I'm trusting the plan. We've learned to trust in our wisdom. God's given me this wisdom. And so I can trust in his wisdom. We learn to trust in the sublime because every good and perfect gift that we have comes from above. And so there's times in which we go to our refrigerator and it's full. And we learn to trust in that refrigerator. I know when I go to the refrigerator and open the door, there's gonna be plenty in there for me. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. It's in there. So we've learned to trust in our plans. We've learned to trust in our own wisdom. We've learned to trust in our own provision. We've learned to trust in our bank account. I don't have to worry because there's a little bit in there. I don't have to worry. I'm okay for tomorrow. I noticed this when we were traveling, when we went on vacation this year, what I do is I'll plan certain things, but then what Lori wants to do and the kids want to do, we don't plan out everything, but I like to know where I'm going to stay that night. Now, here's the thing. I have, I had some cash in my pocket. I had my debit card. I had my MasterCard. And I had my American Express. I could stay at a hotel, pretty much any hotel that I wanted to stay at. I have a credit limit that I could stay pretty most hotels that I want to stay at. But I noticed that I felt kind of unsure and kind of awkward when I wasn't sure where we were going to stay that night. It sounds stupid, but it just was kind of... I'd like to know, what's our plan? Where are we staying tonight? What's the hotel going to look like? Are we going to get there on time? And oh, is everything going to be okay? And, and it kind of like you have like a just breathe a sigh of relief. What we typically do when we go travel like that, you know, we'll book two nights at a hotel and we'll stay there for two nights. And so for those two nights, I kind of felt good because we'd look around the area and I just felt like after I booked it and I knew where we were staying and it was confirmed, I felt good. You you just kind of, ah. But when I wasn't sure where I was going or what I was doing, I felt just a a little uneasiness. Now, there again, I had my credit cards in my pocket. I had my money. I had the ability to do it, but it just still felt a little uneasy. For many of us, we've learned to trust, and let me say those things again, in our wisdom, in our plan, in our strength, in the refrigerator full of food, in the bank account, in the job. But God wants us to learn to trust in him. We go to the refrigerator and we feel good because we know that it's full of food. We go to the bank account and we feel secure because we know I got a few more weeks that I can make it a couple more days there. We go to our job and we feel at peace. Imagine this. Imagine if someone took away your job, if they took away your bank account, if they took away your car, if they took away the food out of your refrigerator. We get a little anxious. But we've come to trust in those things and God wants us to come to trust in him. Sometimes spiritually, God gives us what we feel is only enough for today. I'll be honest with you. I don't like living in that place. I like it whenever my cup runneth over. You know what I'm saying? I like it when it overflows. I like it when I have enough to share with other people and I have a bountiful, a lot. 
I don't like it in those times in which, honestly, where we have to hold on to God to make it through the day. We despise those times. Have you ever been there whenever maybe you were just so stressed out and you didn't know if you were going to make it through the day? Maybe insides, your insides are turning. Maybe you're facing temptations or you're facing pressures and you just feel like you're completely overwhelmed and you don't have enough. You're like, I don't know if I can make it through today. I don't know if I can keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. I don't, I don't know if I can keep my testimony. When God asks us in those seasons, though, he says, I'm going to give you enough for today. And I'd just be honest, in the natural, I don't like those times. But that was where God led them. Now, what is God's purpose for leading us through times where we only have enough for today? What's God's purpose in that? Is he just wanting to torture us? You know, you always hear people, my father owns a cattle on a thousand hill and he'll sell one of the cattle. And, and, you know, and sometimes maybe you're looking at your checkbook and you're like, I wish he'd sell it pretty soon. God will supply all my needs. But you may say, I'm under such stress on my job or I'm under such stress with my family or facing these pressures. What is the purpose in that? I believe that we find from the scripture, it is to test us to see if we'll trust and obey him. Look at verse four. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down from bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. I'm getting ahead of myself, but God wants you to trust him. When you go to that refrigerator, you have faith in that refrigerator. When you go to that cupboard, you have faith in that cupboard. When you go to work each week, you have faith in that job. Some of you say, well, I've got a mortgage to pay and I have a car payment to pay and my kids need braces and my wife has medical expenses and my electric bill is due. You have faith in your job. You believe that if I get up in the morning and if I go there and work, that I'm gonna receive a paycheck and I'm gonna be able to pay that mortgage every month. God wants you to come to a places where we have faith in him. God was gonna bring the children of Israel into a land of plenty, but he was trying to teach them in this process, rely upon me, trust in me. I can be trusted. I can be believed upon. You can be assured. And he wanted to take them through this thing every day so that they know who their source was. See, we've begun to think that our source is our plan. We've begun to think that our source is our wisdom. We've begun to think that our source is our job. Or our source is our own strength. And we've begun to rely upon that and kind of lose our reliance upon the Lord. Yeah, we still rely upon him, but he's kind of something there in the back of our mind. Oh yeah, God is the one who provides those things. And what he was teaching the children of Israel is that they were going to go through this season of time. It wasn't going to be really long compared to the scope of eternity. But they were going to go through a season of time in which he would provide for them daily, their daily bread. This is a test. Many people say they have faith and trust God. However, if you don't do what he says, do we really trust him? If we don't do what he says, if we don't obey him, do we really trust him? Do we really believe? If Bill got up today and said to us, invest in such and such a stock. 
Next week, it's going to double in price. Invest in it. Now, can I just tell you what? If you really believed him, if you thought, I can take $10 and turn it into 20 then you would borrow money and get it and you'd invest it if you really, truly believed him. If you didn't believe him, you'd be like, well, I'll kind of stand back and watch and see, okay? And so the ones who truly believed him would find a way to make that happen. Let's pick up in verse nine. And then Moses told Aaron, say to the Israelite community, come before the Lord for he heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert. And there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat. And in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Every morning they walked out of the tent and they saw that manna. They were reminded that he is the Lord, their God. He provided for me once again today. There's lessons that some of us need to learn. And for the Israelites, this was a lesson that God wanted them to learn. They were not going to learn this lesson if God provided everything at once for them. They would quickly forget it. But each evening as they went to bed, their cupboard was bare. They didn't have cupboards. They were in tent as an illustration. We're saying that. Each night when they went to bed, they were done. They didn't have anything left. Okay. But when they woke up and they looked outside of their tent, there it was again. What do you think God was trying to teach him? He was trying to teach him that I'm your provider. I'm going to take care of you. Depend upon me. Trust in me. He was teaching them to rely upon him. And every morning when they got up, without fail, it was there. Same, it would be nice if all the checks came in way early, wouldn't it? If they paid you before you did the job, and if the work was lined up for 16 months out, where they just said, hey, Sam, you know, put us in your books for two years from now, and let us give you a down payment so that we can get Sammy D's masonry coming to our job. Here, we're going to give you 75% of it just to hold that week for us. That would be great. But oftentimes, God doesn't work that way. With the Israelites, God could have done that for them. But he chose to teach them that every day you're going to rely upon me. And every day they were reminded. Every day was a test of their faith. Every day was a proving of what God said to them. I'll take care of you. Every morning they got up and they went outside. God said it again. I'm taking care of you. Well, maybe he won't do it tomorrow. They got up Tuesday, looked out there. And once again, what happens? God took care of them. 
They got up on Wednesday and look outside. I don't know if it, you know, oh, what are we going to do about tomorrow? Wait a minute. God took care of them. It should come to a place where they have this incredible trust in God because they see his provision daily. Daily. Not just once in a while, big provision, but his daily provision for them. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until tomorrow, verse 19. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. Some people paid no attention to God's command. Moses had that problem, and throughout history of the church, we've had that problem, where some people refused to pay attention to God's command. And they tried to make it on yesterday's manna. But when they did, it was full of maggots and it stunk. I wonder how many of us have tried to live on yesterday's blessing. How many of us have tried to live upon yesterday's bread? And we find that it's full of maggots and it stinks. There's a lot of people who try to live on what God did in their lives three weeks ago or three months ago or three years ago. Friend, God has fresh manna from heaven for you every single day. You don't have to live on the old stale stuff of, oh, it was wonderful what God did in our church two years ago or three years ago or 45 years ago. I'm telling you, God's got something fresh for you today. He's an awesome baker. He supplies incredibly fresh, alive bread that will give you life that you won't grow tired and weary of. What he's asking of us is asking us, don't rely upon what I did last week or last month or last year. I got something fresh for you today. I got strength for you today. I got grace for you today. I got encouragement for you today. Whatever you have need of, he has a fresh supply of today. As we close, I just want to ask you this. I just wonder, how many folks are going through the season that I talked about right now? Let me say this to you. If God has determined that you're going to live by his daily bread, if he's determined that he's going to take you through a season where you have to rely upon him for enough for today, If God's determined that, you're not going to change it. If that's a decision God has made in his wisdom and his foreknowledge, if he said, I'm going to take you through two years, or I'm going to take you through a year and a half, or I'm going to take you through six weeks when you have to rely upon me every morning, you got to open up your tent and look out there and say, did he supply what I need today? Do I have enough peace for today? Do I have enough comfort for today? Do I have enough wisdom for today? You may be saying to God, God, I want a six-year supply of your plan. I want a 20-year supply of your wisdom. And if God's determined that you're going to live day by day, that he's going to give you enough for today, then that's the way it's going to be. So you can get mad and pout and cry and fight and be angry and wave your fist towards God and be frustrated about it and keep questioning yourself. It's not going to change. If that's what God's determined, that's what you're going to experience and that's what you're going to go through. His reasoning for doing it is for your good. And will you allow God to be enough for today? Oh, Pastor, I hate when I go through those times in, in which I only have enough peace for that moment. I hate when I go through those times in which I only have enough wisdom for that moment. I'm not even sure what to do 
next week. I don't even know what I'm going to do a month from now. Listen to this. If you're willing to listen to his voice day by day, and you're willing to allow him to lead you, he will be faithful to provide for you a fresh touch every single morning. You won't have to live on what happened yesterday because what happens is, like I said, we become dependent. We begin to put our faith in our wisdom, our plan, our provision, our job. It's all us. And God wants us to trust in him. And maybe there's some other folks who God gave you a supply. He gave you an abundance in the past, but you're still trying to live on that. It's not going to work. Well, you know, Pastor, we had a great move of God six months ago. I had a personal revival two years ago. Well, that's really great, but you can't survive on that. Maybe you're in that place where God's saying to you, I'm going to give you enough for today. And you're saying, God, I want to know where I'm headed. I want to know what you're doing. And God says, no, I'm going to give you enough for today. Will you let him do that? Will you let his grace be enough for today? Will you just listen to his voice just today? I don't have enough strength for tomorrow. Will you let him give you enough grace today? Just for today. Will you trust him? You know what will happen? You'll develop, if you'll go through this, and you'll let him do it, you will develop a trust and a relationship with God that you've never had before. You'll develop an intimacy with him. You'll develop an ability to hear his voice like you've never done before. And you're going to develop this strength, this faith inside that doesn't waver. You're going to develop this faith that's just like crazy faith. Because every day when you open up that tent and you look out there and you see it once again, hey, this is day number 200 and he's provided. This is day number 300 and he's provided. And eventually the stress and the anxiety of all of our cares, that's where the scripture talks about us casting all of our cares upon him for he cares for you. That's what it says, don't give thought about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Because the reality is once we pass this test, then God took them into the promised land and he blessed them and all of those things that God did for them, the miracles that took place. Find a place at this altar and worship. Thank you, God, because I know that you're doing good in my life. And you're making a public declaration that, God, I'm going to trust you for my finances, for my family, for all of those things. I'm going to take my stand and I'm going to trust in you. We bless you.